0: Amen.
1: Happy Father's Day and happy Father's Day to Brent and to Preston. This is Preston's first Father's Mm -hmm. Day. And this is Brent's first Father's Day as a grandfather. And I will say the thing we've learned about Brent is he is a baby hog. So, um... I love you very much Happy Father's Day But we want the baby Sometimes too uh,
0: It's a beautiful thing Just a grandfather thing um, Hold him as much as you want And then Okay You can come him back now <laughs> See her? She's kind of She is Should we? Yes
1: <laughs> Oh, who needs a sermon? Let's just look at Lucy
0: <laughs> Lucy Rachel Thanks, Roger. I'll
1: pay you later.
0: Also, I'll say happy birthday to Janice a couple days ago. Um, Thank you. Nice. You get better every year. Every year, like vintage wine, just better and better and better. I like the 1956 version. It's a beautiful, (laughs) beautiful vintage. Mm -hmm. Well, happy Father's Day um, to all you guys. This day we stop and honor our dads and our fathers, and actually we honor the spirit and the nature of God the Father in in all of you. Um, Actually, all of us, male and female, we're, we're made in the image of God. The word is icon, that we are icons, we're image bearers, we realize that on our human experience that were broken or cracked icons. But the wonderful thing about the community of faith, the kingdom of God, is that every time we gather, every time we lean his direction, he's putting us back together. He's reforming us and refashioning us more into his likeness. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Created them. By now, you've probably figured out that men and women are a little bit different. Um, If you're still wondering about that, um, you've noticed that the differences should not surprise us. This is by design. And so if you're frustrated with someone of the other gender, don't get mad at them. It's his fault. Um, God's the one that did this. Um, But he didn't do it to confuse us. He did it to be a blessing. We have, this hard, we have a hard time understanding um, oftentimes the other just because we, we've only seen the world through our, our eyes and from our vantage point, and we don't see the way that they see, and so it causes confusion and challenges and difficulties. Oftentimes, I tell couples every day, you will never totally understand your mate. Um, you do the best possible job you can with that, but it'll never happen. Uh, you communicate, you try to listen, you try to understand, but we have to get used to the fact that we're going to see life differently. The key is that we respect both, that we realize that God did this is a good thing. He did this on purpose, not to frustrate us, but to bless us. The key is the blend between the two perspectives. We oftentimes have this tendency as humans to think that if I can just keep explaining myself and try to give you some insight on where I'm coming from, and if I can talk long enough, then eventually you'll see where I'm coming from, and yet you'll eventually agree with me. Give it up, okay? It's not going to happen. going to end many of these conversations with, I don't get it. I don't see why they think the way that they do. They just do, but realize this is a good thing. Uh, One of the areas that we see um, these differences come out in so often is how we communicate We communicate with generally two different purposes in mind. About 85% of the male population communicates for the purpose of answering a question or solving a problem. Women don't communicate for that reason. Women tend to communicate to connect or to bond with the person. Women um, more easily step into social arenas and, and communicate things of the heart more naturally. You can see them getting together and talking from topic 1 to topic 3 to topic 27. And and it really is not about solving problems or answering questions. It's about connecting or bonding. And we just don't have that chip in our brain. We um, tend to be fixers by nature. And so if you're talking to me, evidently you have... A question that you need to be answered or a problem that you you need to be solved, uh, have solved. That is just not the way women communicate. And so we have to understand that our wives and and particularly our daughters are looking to just be heard. They're looking uh, for us to connect with what it is that they're experiencing, to step in and feel what they feel and understand what they're going through.
1: But this tendency for men to try to fix something or to answer something has become so common. And we see it so often in relationships that sometimes when we really have something that could be fixed by their insight, we miss it because we're used to them discounting all of our feelings. It it looks a little bit like this. It's just there's all this pressure, you know, and sometimes it feels like it's right up on me. And I can just feel it. Like, literally feel it in my head. And it's relentless. And I don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most, is that I don't know if it's ever going to stop.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You do have a nail in your head.
1: It is not about the nail. and I'm not sleeping very
0: well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them.
1: <laughs> that sounds
0: really hard. Thanks.
1: Thank you. Ow! Oh, come
0: on. on. If you would just... Don't! Try to see
1: things... Okay, sometimes we do need to listen when there's something that could fix it. (laughs) There was a male engineer that was very um, frustrated over some of the differences between men and women. And so he decided to come up with a model that he felt like demonstrated some of the differences that he saw between men and women. And it looks like this. (laughs) Man is fairly simple, on and off switch. The woman, however, has a few different knobs and dials. Another analogy that we see sometimes that that can help describe some of our differences, especially our differences in the brain, is the idea of a waffle brain and a spaghetti brain. One particular author says that men have waffle brains. They have this incredible ability to take something and stick it in one little section of the waffle and then move away to another section and completely forget that one. So they can be under tremendous stress, but it's like, hey, the game's on. So they can move into that Women on the other hand have what they call spaghetti brains Everything mixes together So if we have stress in our lives It's going to pretty much uh, affect every area of our lives When we were first married or when we had little tiny kids We moved to a neighborhood that used to be a really nice neighborhood Well in the period of time that we lived there It went dramatically downhill And so I remember the little kids were little And I'd watch TV and I'd go Honey Honey There's a murder. There's another murder this week that's close to us. And he'd go, that's several blocks away. How does that affect us? We're having fun with the differences. But the point is we are different in many ways. Now, every relationship is different and everybody is different as an individual. But we need to honor and we need to value those differences because that's who God created us to be. And oftentimes in our culture, we have downplayed the importance of men. And we have tended to have a negative attitude in our media, in some of the TV shows, some of the movies that we watch. Men have been portrayed in a very negative way. If you watch a lot of the sitcoms that have been on over the last 30 or 40 years, they show dad as a bumbling idiot. It's like, don't count on dad for anything because he messes things up. They show him as very self-centered and uncaring. Oftentimes it'll show them as men with one-track minds And they're focused on sexuality and they have no self-control. Or it shows them oftentimes lying, either to keep from getting in trouble or to get their own way. That's not the image of God. And that's not who God created men to be. And so today we want to talk about men, the value of men. You know, on Mother's Day, so often we've heard sermons that talk about the value of women. But we want to focus on the value of men and what they bring into our world, the expression of maleness in our world, and the gift and the blessing that they are to us. One of my earliest memories, my parents can't really even believe that I remember this, but I have, it's probably my first memory of sitting in grass and clover and being in pain. And it seemed like I cried for a long time. I found that later I had a bee sting, that's what my parents said. And I remember my dad coming and scooping me up and I don't remember his face, I just remember his strong arms picking me up. And I knew once that happened, I was safe. Everything was gonna be okay. Men have a power that impacts their families in dramatic ways. I call that the hero factor. Guys, you have the hero factor that can make a difference in your family's lives and in the lives of people around you.
0: There are two powers that I think that we have been given as men that give us this hero potential. The first one is positional power. I call this the David on the battlefield power. Um, This is the power that can rise up in the middle of battle. Whether it's actually a literal battle or whether it's battling in a in a corporate or a business setting, in this um, ever-changing climate uh, culture that we have, business culture, um, or whether it's actually between the lines of a playing field. There's, there's this ability to go after the battle. It is also what helps us fight off temptation, uh, to fight off the enemy and, and uh, surround our families and, and protect them. The second is personal power. This is the David and Jonathan spirit. Um, This is used to develop relationships, healthy friendships, healthy marriages, relationships with our kids. Um, This requires uh, an important important aspect of this is our inner character, um, our genuineness, our empathy, um, our love and care for others. But both of these have been made in us, we've been created with this image because it's the nature of God.
1: This first power, positional power, comes from and is really a reflection of God's relentless pursuit of his children, his protection for those who love him and who fear him, and his strength, the strength that he has to overcome the enemy. Second Thessalonians, we see, but the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. The Lord gives strength to his people, the Lord blesses his people with peace. I believe a man's greatest strength because he has this wonderful waffle brain that sometimes I wish I had is he has the ability to follow through on something, whether he feels like it or not, because he knows it's the right thing to do. He can buckle down and do it. I've seen Brent work late hours to keep kids in private schools. I've watched my sons, as they have become men, sacrifice for their wives and do things because it's the right thing to do. That's an incredible power that you guys have. We say in marriage counseling, if we can get guys to come in and make a decision to improve their marriage, we see dramatic things happen. You can put your head down, and you can do what you need to do because you know it's right. It
0: gives men that ability to follow the the, the sacrificial leadership that we see uh, that Jesus did. Uh, we saw him do some very unique things, uh, washing the feet of his disciples, and sacrificing himself even as God um, to the people. There's a scripture um, section of scripture that we oftentimes use um, in weddings. And uh, this is oftentimes, I think, misunderstood, but it's in Ephesians 5. Uh, we men tend to kind of hold on to Ephesians 5.22, which says to our wives, submit to your husbands in everything. We, we like that one. Um, but the thing that we miss out on there is that the verse right before that says to all of us, male and female, it says, submit to one another in reverence to Christ. And so, when it comes to the female, he basically is just repeating the same thing. Verse 21 says, submit to one another, to the woman, submit to your husbands. The challenge comes in in, in the area where he's speaking to us men. In Ephesians 5.25, it says, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. There's this idea of sacrificial love that puts relationships in right order as i've watched relationships for the last 30 years i see this thing happen when men begin to get oriented toward giving first if a man is just thinking about what he's not getting and not receiving um things begin to break down but when the man get orients himself towards how do i give How do I sacrifice? How do I lay my life down for my family? Things get in proper order. I believe that God has designed women to be responders. That as a man gives, a woman responds to what it is that she has received. And the wonderful thing about women is they always take what they've received, and they always make it better and give it back again. Um, Neither neither one can make a baby on their own. Um, But a man has to give something. He gives the seed. But a woman doesn't give the seed back. She takes the seed and she incubates it for nine months. And she gives back a baby. It's an amazing thing. But the man has to give first. And so it orients us, this this design in how God has made us, orients us towards that ability to be able to sacrifice, to be able to push feelings aside and do that that is the right thing. I think it also gives us the ability to trust God in difficult circumstances. I think it's the Job spirit. If you look at the story of Job, You see, everything's going crazy in his life. Everything's being taken away from him. He's losing everything. He's got his buddies standing next to him and whispering in his ear and saying, Just curse God and die. Give it up, Job. But Job stands and says, Though he may slay me, I will still serve him. That ability to be able to push aside all of those circumstances, all the feelings, and do the right thing. So again, this power gives us the potential as men to be able to fight uh, against temptation, to be able to protect, um, to be able to to cover, to be able to go into battle um, and do the right thing.
1: The challenge is when this power is used in the wrong timing or in the wrong circumstances. When we were celebrating my birthday this week, we were talking about what we were going to do, and um, Brent suggested that we go to a movie and we talked about going to Man of Steel. Anybody seen that yet? Superman. I don't
0: know why she wouldn't have wanted to go see that. You it's know,
1: a I decided we might put that off her father's her favorite. day. Yeah. But, um, you know, I grew up with Superman. That was a superhero when I was growing up. That and Mighty Mouse, but, you know, he wrote on a tube of toothpaste. And so it just wasn't quite as exciting. Some of you remember that? So, so we started talking about, you know, what if Superman, as Clark Kent, woke up one day and didn't realize the power that he had, or he forgot how much power he had? And so the alarm goes off and he slams on the snooze button and it falls apart. All the plastic goes all over the room in little pieces. Or he has his coffee and he puts it on the counter and it shatters everywhere. Or he yells to Lois that he's going out the door but he didn't realize how strong his voice is so he shatters her eardrums as he's walking out. He pushes Clark Jr. aside and bumps him into the wall or or knocks the bike to the side and it ends up in the tree across the street. If he didn't realize his power damage could come by him just functioning on an everyday basis
0: so we have to be careful with this power it it can be used in the culture to right wrongs and to to go after those that are in need but it also can can be harmful if we don't understand it properly and don't uh, apply it properly some of you males and females have been harmed by this power um, in a father or in a male in your life that has not used this properly. And you've been wounded by that and, uh, because it, that, that power was not uh, realized for what it was for. The second one of these, I think, is uh, underdeveloped in us. We're going to spend a little bit more time on it, talking about it. Um, this power is the personal power. I think it comes from the nature of God, his unending love, his unending mercy, and unending grace Uh, for his people
1: the second power is the one that we see in these particular scriptures how great is the love the father has lavished on you that you should be called the children of God and that's what you are as a father has compassion on his children so the Lord has compassion on you who fear him because of the Lord's great love you are not consumed for his compassions never fail they're new every morning great is his faithfulness Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. He, resent, he relents from sending calamity. Since this power can be underdeveloped in us, we want to take some time and talk about seven different ways that we can develop this power in our lives. Now, as you're listening to this, I, I want you to be careful to not listen and go, well, my dad didn't do that. Or my husband doesn't do that. But listen to it for what do I need to develop in my life? What's one or two of these that I need to grow and develop? And this isn't just for men. These are characteristics that all of us can develop. Now, because many, many men who are left brain like list and tasks, you'll be happy to know that we numbered them. So there are seven and they are numbers. So you can count down as we go through. And the first one is decide to honor others. Romans 12:9 says love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. The best way to honor all of our relationships is to honor God first. To have our relationship with him grow and be strong. The things that we honor are the things that we put time in. Most of us honor the Super Bowl. Most of us set aside time to have a Super Bowl party or to watch the Super Bowl. That is a priority in our lives. So we honor it. Take time to honor your relationship with God and spend time with him in the word and prayer. Ed did such a great job talking about that last week. And so if you didn't hear last week's sermon, go on the podcast and listen to it. You will find out what jelly bread is. (laughs) I never knew what jelly bread was until last week. So it's revolutionary.
0: (laughs) Another way that we honor others is, is to protect them. Another scripture that I think is misunderstood that we that men have taken advantage of over the years, First Peter 3, 7, says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner. We've kind of got a hold of that and go, see, they are weaker. You know how they are. You know, they have those times and they're just... You know, you know, and anyway, we've seen it as this negative thing, as this thing that, that we discount. It doesn't say women are weak, therefore do this. It says treat them as weaker vessels or as weaker partners. If you're, if you're going mountain climbing with somebody and you're going to treat them as a weaker partner, you're going to carry the heavier pack. I believe that God designed us men to carry the heavier pack. I think it's our responsibility to make sure that our wives and our families don't get overloaded. I think we're the ones responsible to carry the heavier load. Again, it puts things in right order. The second thing we want to talk about real quick is understand and appreciate other the natural gifts of others in our, in our spouse, in our children. Uh, we men oftentimes want cookie-cutter children, particularly our boys. We want them to be just like us. Uh, I realized real quick with our first Preston that uh, we were real different. Um, I found out when he was about three and a half, I found out that... Oh, dear, I think he's much smarter than I am. Um, i was going to have to really work at that. But, but he has more creativity in his little finger than I have in my whole person. And so, so he would, when he was uh, playing as a kid, he would get these playmobiles. You know what playmobiles are? You know, all the little, little deals there and the little people. And he would get Legos. And, I mean, he would take a toilet paper roll if necessary and add it to the mix. And he would literally, a half of his room, he would go in and build a city. And he would have building after building after building. Of what exactly the building was, he'd have hundreds of characters, all of them named, all of them having a role in life. And uh, he would tell us exactly what was going on. That you know, this is the church, and this is you know John, and he play, this is the he's the piano player, and this is so and so, and he does this. and And we were just amazed. We thought maybe he was going to be a movie director or something on how he had all this stuff done. Now, you have to understand, okay, I'm, I'm the dad. I'm responsible to help him, you know, learn stuff. And, and you have to realize that I'm about this close to needing medication for obsessive compulsive disorder. And so so this whole half of his room is just all this stuff all over the place and i'm now like i need to help him clean his room up so i so i go to walmart i get these big tubs i label them we got legos here we got you know playmobiles here i built this intricate closet you know this shelving system in his closet so that when he's done playing with this city he can put it all back up in its appropriate tubs each night you can kind of see where this is going um and Now, he was about this tall, and I was an adult, so I was kind of still in charge at that point, you know, and I could make him do this. But, um, but, I, but I noticed an interesting thing. Yes, he would do what I said, and uh, he would put it all back there, not really excited about it, but he did it. And, but an interesting thing happened. I noticed that he just didn't get the stuff out as much anymore. Uh, he, wouldn't get, he wouldn't do the whole city. He would just get little bits and pieces of it out. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit because I was certainly convicted by this. Now, if I could put into words, I didn't hear an audible voice, but if I could put into words what God said to me is, What are you doing? Um, I've given you this creative thinker and you're trying to choke the life out of him to get him to be this obsessive compulsive neat nut like you are. Um, You've got to back off of this. And so I, I I really began to step back and, and learn how to l- allow him to have these freedoms and I 'm still the dad. I knew he was going to get married one of these days and knew he was going to have a college roommate, um, and so he needed to learn some basic disciplines, and so we had purging days, you know we had to get to his bed, <laughs> we had to be able to get a path, you know and uh, But I had to back off from that now, now God, in his infinite grace and mercy, our second child. Uh, daughter who now is a CPA um, came out uh, out of the womb with a little cleaning rag um, and she loved to, to organize and she would plead with us to stay up late can I, can I organize my closet a little bit more? Caitlin it's like 11 go to bed so anyway God, God helped me with that but, but, it's, but it's learning how to recognize the uniqueness in our wife the uniqueness in each of our children and learn how to parent them differently
1: We've had to repent multiple times to our children, but specifically to Preston, the firstborn. The third one is develop meaningful communication. As much as we're joking about communication and the differences, we often do communicate for different reasons. And so, guys, as you're talking to your family, realize that when they're sharing what's going on in their life with you, They're trying to build a bridge. They're trying to connect with you. It really is a privilege that you are being invited into their lives. And so allow them to share some of those things. doesn't mean that we don't want any input and we don't want you to help solve some of our problems. But sometimes we just want to talk about it. And if we want your input, we will ask so wait until your children or your spouse say something like, what should I do about that?
0: Magic words. Mm-hmm. So the nail do, in my head. Yeah, so how, how does this work? I mean, if you see the nail in the forehead, um, how do you do this? How do we communicate this? Well, um, give you an example. If, if Let's say Janice um, had some friends. Let's, you know, We have some couples that we hang around with, and let's say that she heard that a couple of the ladies had planned a little outing, and normally they all do stuff together, but they'd planned this outing, and uh, had not contacted her, and she's just sharing that with me. She's just going, "Gosh, I don't, I don't get why they wouldn't have called me about this. I just really feel hurt I'd do something, or you know, I thought our relationship was different than that. Well, what I always used to do, um, because let's say that I had thought that. Well, maybe they heard that we were going to be out of town that weekend, and so that's why they didn't call you. Well, what I did for months in the beginning of our marriage, Janice would say decades, um, the, uh, is I would just cry, oh, honey, don't, don't, I'm sure it's not what you think. I'm sure it's okay. There's, you know, you're, it's probably something we don't know about. I would try to fix the problem. It was because I really did care, I didn't want her to hurt. But it wasn't working. Basically, what I was saying by that is, is you're overreacting, you're too sensitive, just calm it down. Um, it's not what I was feeling. I mean, those weren't, that's, that's not what I was, I didn't ever say those words, but that's what she felt. But if I simply was able to say, well, first of all, to realize that that is exactly how she felt at that moment. That is her reality. If I could somehow validate that and be able to go, that, that's got to feel horrible. To feel like some of your best friends have not invited you and aren't thinking about you, that, it's got to really hurt. I'm so sorry for that. At that point, um, she feels like that I've connected. I've, I've recognized that those are her real feelings. Now, five minutes later, I could add to that and say, you know, I wonder if they've heard that we're going to be out of town that weekend. Uh, maybe that's why they didn't call. Well, she can easily receive that, take that, put that into her computer, think about it, process it, and, and, and connect with that. But the key is that validation. It's that ability to be able to acknowledge and to recognize those feelings, to hold back on our, on our desire that we have so badly to want to fix stuff. You'll see this with your kids as well, with your wife, um, to really be able to, to connect with them and feel what they feel. The next one real quick is to deal with anger in a healthy way. Scripture says in your anger, do not sin. One of the challenges that we, we men have is, is dealing with our anger. Um, oftentimes, our emotional vocabulary is fairly limited. You know, guys are usually either, well, I'm okay, or I'm mad. I mean, that's kind of... our emotional vocabulary, okay? Well, women have all the switches and dials, remember? You know, they've got 1,013, you know, different nuances, you know, in the middle of that. So one of the weaknesses of this great strength of this waffle brain thing is that we can have a situation where I felt disrespected at work or I felt um, uncared for over here or dishonored by a child or whatever, and I can take that feeling, stick it over in a little part of the waffle, um, and, just, and just go on. Without realizing it, this stuff is building up. And then oftentimes something else happens, and we've taken all the energy from all those other little things we've stuck over there and accumulated it with this. And all of a sudden we, we go off. And unfortunately, oftentimes who we go off on is those that are most important to us, um, our wife and our children. And so it's learning how to recognize that anger is a secondary emotion. The primary emotions are hurt, offended, disappointed, fear. Those are the emotions. But we've never really been taught how to connect with those and to realize those. We have the same kind of feelings that women do, but we just don't, we aren't aware of them. We've never had John Wayne and Clint Eastwood sitting around the campfire chatting about, well, how do you feel about the battle tomorrow, you know? (laughs) Are you a little nervous too? And... uh, didn't happen you know they're just chewing and spit in the fire and you know and then they go beat up everybody the next day um but if we can understand where this comes from and begin to identify um those primary feelings and to communicate those i think that's one of the ways that healthy male relationships are helpful in our life to begin to be open and honest and we begin to learn the different kinds of feelings that we all do i think it also is is what our, our wives um, can help us with. It, pay attention when your wife is sharing some of her feelings. Recognize that you have some of those feelings as well. Um, now, it, you're never going to express them. We're not trying to take, make men into women. That's not the point. Um, but when we begin to identify what that primary feeling is and begin to communicate that, it it begins to, to build relationship. And we will not inappropriately um, use... What, what can be a strength um, in a detrimental way. The next one real quick, develop meaningful non-sexual touch. Uh, touch is really important with our spouses, with our children, um, but we men qu- don't quite get touch. Sometimes a, a lot of women report to me that their husband's touch would be called grabbing. And, uh, and so it's learning what it is that is, is, is meaningful
1: it's also important to know what kind of person your child is. We discovered with our our house, we had S's, NS's, and SS's. An S is a snuggler, an NS is a non-snuggler, and an SS is a super snuggler. Now, if you have those, snugglers are pretty obvious. Non-snugglers will say things like You may kiss me right here and that's all. No, don't hug me. We had one that went through a phase where we would have to go, this is a hug and this is a bear hug. Because she didn't want us to hug her any more than that. Super snugglers are the ones that you go, okay, honey, mommy has to go now. Let me peel you off. But we have to know who our kids are and what they need from us so that we can respond in a way that is healthy for them, that they feel loved and they feel respected in our relationship with them. Six is develop regular emotional bonding experiences. C.S. Lewis says that deep friendships only come in the context of doing something else together. It's doing things together day in and day out. It's those little things that help us form our relationships. It's why Brent and I are so strong on have a consistent date night. That helps build your relationship. But guys, also find out things that your kids are interested in, and then spend time with them doing those things over and over and over again so you can develop that bond with them. Seventh one is, be a good financial steward. Studies show that a woman's number one need is financial security. Have a plan for what you're doing financially in your family. It helps your wife and your entire family feel safer and feel more secure. Now, if you are the one that is really good with finances and you are great at keeping the books and paying the bills and everything, that's great Just make sure that you communicate what's going on. We always had a meeting of the Ways and Means Committee. That you communicate what's going on financially and you make decisions together. This is one area that it's very easy to slip into a parent-child relationship where I am giving you the money. And it causes a lot of conflict. So work on it together. And if you're a guy and you are terrible at doing the money and you're like... Let her do the checkbook and pay the bills. I don't even want to mess with it. That's great, but again, there needs to be that good communication back and forth so you're in this together and you're a team. Don't give her the stress of trying to figure out how in the heck we're going to get these bills paid by the end of the month. Work as a team and respect one another so there can be a sense of safety and a sense of security in your relationship.
0: But well, this is not an exhaustive list. We kind of ran over those pretty quickly. It's not a list that causes us to feel guilty or um, to feel like that we're not measuring up. Um, the point is to, to be in a position where we are consistently being made new. Our whole goal and desire in life is to be more like him, to let him change us and form us. And the way to change is we, first of all, have to acknowledge and recognize, you know, I need to change. There's something in this. And so if there's something in one of these that has just hit a chord where... You know, I think that's underdeveloped in me, or I realize that I've inappropriately used this power. One of the keys is first of all to own it, and then to be able to just confess that to somebody. It might be to a buddy, it might be to your wife, and just say, you know, I'm, I'm going to work on this. And then begin to ask God, Lord, help me begin to find a way to begin to move in a different way um, in this part of our life. And then if, if there is that openness, if somebody does share that with you, then cheer them on encourage them to life in God in us, as the scripture says.
1: All of us have that need for the father's blessing. All of us want dad to go. You are awesome. I love you. You are doing such a great job. Some of us were blessed enough to have that. We had dads that were affirming. Some of us had dads that really did not know how to do that. They'd never seen it before and they didn't know how to, but the Holy spirit can work in our lives and we can get that affirmation from God but we also can share that with people around us. We have the opportunity to speak into other people's lives and tell them how awesome they are, how much we appreciate them, the gifts and talents that we see in them. And that can be our kids or that can be other people around us. But we can allow the Holy Spirit to use us to help bring healing to everybody that we come in contact with.
0: Study tells us that most guys have some father wounds, some pretty significant things. Shouldn't surprise us. We were all parented by humans, broken, cracked icons. And so it's as much as we've looked for, for that affirmation, oftentimes we didn't get it or felt like it wasn't quite uh, measuring up. But the wonderful thing about the kingdom of God is that we can be reparented, we can begin to allow. God in his nature to reparent and to heal and to put things back in order. So I just want to leave you with two scriptures as we close here. First one is 2 Peter 1. His divine power has given you everything you need, regardless of how you were raised, regardless of what. Took place in that connection with your own dad. His divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness through your knowledge of him who called you by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given you his very great and precious promises that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Hebrews 4 says, therefore, since you have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, hold firmly to the faith you profess. For you do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with your weaknesses, but you you have one who has been tempted in every way, just as you are, yet was without sin. Approach the throne of grace with confidence so that you may receive mercy and find grace to help you in your time of need. Man, I just want to say to you, every one of you have uh, what it takes to do this. Let go of the past, forget what is behind you. God has, and hold on, press towards the mark of the high calling. Once you stand to your feet.